Hello, everybody, and welcome to Care Talk. We're on at four o'clock Eastern on Mondays, answering your healthcare questions. My name is Laura, and I am the executive director of Healthcare Voter, and I am also a cancer survivor. And the Affordable Care Act provided the care I needed to be in remission today. So this issue is very personal for me, and I am thrilled to be able to answer your questions and help you get the care you need. So first of all, America doesn't have just one healthcare system; we have several. And so today we'll be talking about Medicare for seniors and、uh, people with some specific medical conditions.、Uh, we'll be talking about the Affordable Care Act for people that don't get health insurance、uh, through their employers, and we may also、uh, get some questions about Medicaid and other parts of our very complicated healthcare system.、Uh, let me start by welcoming Zoid Finch from Health Sherpa、uh, to tell us about what's going on right now with the Affordable Care Act. Open enrollment. Hey, thank you, Laura. All right, so、um, we're coming to the the deadline to get January first coverage with the Affordable Care Act,、um, and so、uh, that is on December fifteenth in most states. Idaho is the one exception. They just announced that they're extending for another week, and so if you live in Idaho, you will have until December twenty second to enroll for January first coverage. Um, and then in all other states, you also will have until January fifteenth to get February first coverage.、Um, so you may have heard open enrollment was extended to January fifteenth, which is fantastic.、Um, but if you don't have any coverage in January, you do still still need to get enrolled by December fifteenth in order to get coverage starting in January.、Um, so if you are uninsured, now is the time to go and check what you qualify for. Um, it takes less than five minutes to check if you're eligible for assistance on healthcare.gov or a certified web broker like HealthSherpa, and there is a lot more assistance available this year than there has in the past. So you may qualify even if you haven't in the past. And if you are currently enrolled,、uh, we recommend not to just let your plan automatically renew. New plans and prices are available every year. In prior years, people who have switched plans have saved an average of 38% on their premiums. And so far at HealthSherpa, we've enrolled more than 1.7 million people, and most are paying less than $20 a month for comprehensive coverage. So it really is worth taking those extra five minutes. Thank you, Zoid. And I also want to welcome Rich Fiesta of Alliance for Retired Americans.、Uh, in our first question, I will ask you. It's from Arlene Lord. And、uh, they want to know when changing your supplemental plan, what is the deadline for the new insurance company to confirm participation? Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me today.、Uh, Medicare beneficiaries can apply for new Medigap or supplemental insurance October fifteenth through December seventh. So we're already beyond that period. Generally, however, the rules can vary from state to state. Since private insurers are licensed、uh, state to state, however, all Medicare beneficiaries have a 30-day look-back to decide whether they keep their new Medigap supplemental plan. So it's during this period. If you change, you shouldn't cancel your Medigap plan until you are absolutely sure you want to go to the, a new plan. So I know this can be complicated. 
Uh, but seniors who are thinking about changing their plan should reach out to their state health insurance assistance programs, that SHIP, S-H-I-P, for navigating this process. You can get good neutral information. The SHIP programs are there to help you. They have a terrific website called SHIP Health, S-H-I-P-H-E-L-P, SHIP Help, one word, dot org. Uh, and that's where I would go if you need to find out what's available in your state as well. Thank you, Rich. And Zoid, how does this work for people with the Affordable Care Act uh, health insurance? How do they change plans? Yeah, so um, when you change plans during open enrollment or um, if you are eligible for a special enrollment period throughout the year, um, you must first pay the first month's premium. Um, by the effective date. So for open enrollment, if you get enrolled by December 15th, your effective or start date is January 1st. And so you do need to pay that by the end of this month before January 1st. Um, and then once that's done, usually within about a couple of weeks, the insurance company will be sending you cards or a packet in the mail. They may also reach out to you via email. Um, with most, you, once you get your member ID, you can also set up an account with them online. Um, this does cause some confusion if you have a $0 premium, which many folks do through um, the marketplace, especially this year due to expanded subsidies. There are still insurance companies that will require you to have in payment information on file with them, even if you don't have a premium to pay right now. This is so that if your circumstances change, like your income goes up throughout the year and you update that and you might lose some of your tax credit, um, you can avoid having a gap in coverage because your insurance company will already have that. Um, and usually they also have a process where you can say like, no, I don't want to, you to automatically bill me if this happens. I want you to contact me. But still having that payment information on file can help with that. So that's why they ask for it. Um, so that's why even if you have a $0 premium, you might get some of those confusing messages and alerts that say you need to pay your first premium. Um, you don't have to pay, you just need to provide that payment information. Um, if you weren't given an option to do that online you, um, when you were enrolling or if you enrolled over the phone, you can um, give them a call to do that. Um, and if you haven't heard back from the insurance company within about a couple weeks after paying, still don't have your member ID, first of all, as long as you know you enrolled through the marketplace, you paid your cov for your coverage, um, you are covered starting January 1st or um, February 1st if you wait until January 15th to enroll. So you can still go to the doctor, do your appointments, just keep those bills so that you can send them to the carrier for reimbursement. Um, and uh, once you do get the confirmation that you are covered, and then in the meantime, again, if you haven't heard in a couple weeks, call the insurance company, verify with them. Sometimes there is like a communication error between the marketplace and the insurance company. This doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Um, so they may say, uh, they may not be able to find your enrollment for whatever reason. And there is a process for that um, where you can call the marketplace. Um, you can also again, call Health Sherpa. We've helped folks when this happens. Basically the marketplace just needs to resend your information. Um, yeah, so bottom line, make sure you pay that first premium sooner rather than later, because again, it can take a couple weeks for that to process and to get your information. Even if you don't have a $0 premium, check and see if the insurance company is still asking for payment information. And then finally, if you haven't heard uh, within a couple weeks, call the insurance company, call the marketplace, get that figured out. 
Thanks. And our next question is from D. Cantu, uh, wants to know, how are Medicare Advantage plans any advantage? Seems like a big trap to me. So, Rich, can you tell us what Medicare Advantage plans are, first of all, and then uh, what makes them good or bad for individuals? Medicare Advantage plans are private plans offered by insurance companies that combine the Part A hospital part of Medicare, the Part B doctors uh, services part of Medicare, and often uh, Part D, the prescription drug, into one policy uh, that all of those uh, services from those A, B, and D are covered by your premium. But you have to be careful. There are Medicare Advantage plans uh, all over the country, and in your own local state or community, you may have several uh, options if you want to go and buy one. However, they could be all over the map in terms of their premiums uh, and their coverage. Unlike traditional Medicare, which is what's called fee-for-service, where your doctor takes Medicare, your hospital takes Medicare, and they uh, take care of um, the prescribed uh, reimbursement from the Medicare system. So under Medicare Advantage, like anything else, some are going to be better than others. Um, some of the plans may provide lower middle income seniors who are relatively healthy that can't afford a Medigap plan with lower premiums or out the pocket costs. Sometimes they also offer benefits like vision, hearing, or dental. Although you must go to the in-network provider of that Medicare Advantage plan and often get pre-approval for medical procedures. Uh, different than traditional medic. Seniors who often we find have serious or chronic health issues can have been denied coverage and they may want to opt back into traditional Medicare. Another thing on the funding is Medicare Advantage plans receive higher reimbursements from the Medicare system, uh, which puts stress on the entire funding of the entire program. When they were created, they were actually supposed to save Medicare money. However, a recent 2019 study found that on the whole, Medicare Advantage plans are receiving $321 more a year per enrollee than under traditional Medicare. So that contributed to Medicare spending another $7 billion in 2019 than it otherwise would have if all the beneficiaries were under traditional Medicare. So that's something that the Alliance for Retired Americans we're keeping very close tabs on. Okay, thanks. And our next question is from Il Elvira Mahalko uh, that wants to know, what about dental care? No one can afford going to a dentist. So Rich, what are the options for dental care if you are uh, under Medicare? Right. Well, traditional Medicare from 1965 to present does not provide for dental services coverage except in very limited circumstances. And of course, that's a serious problem for Medicare beneficiaries. It makes no sense. Dental care is health care. And that's why we at the Alliance for Retired Americans and a number of advocates around the country are fighting for Congress to expand Medicare to include guaranteed dental coverage for all. Also the same for hearing and vision uh, benefits as well. There, until that happens, then seniors must pay out of pocket, purchase a separate dental insurance policy, or perhaps enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan that would offer some dental benefits. Uh, there are other options, often community dental clinics or clinics at dental schools. People can go and get more affordable dental care, but often there are 
long waits for appointments and treatments there as well. Uh, not having dental care is a serious gap in Medicare, and we believe Congress must address this as soon as possible. Thanks. And Zoid, what are the options if somebody has uh, Affordable Care Act insurance or something else? Yeah, so um, there are a few things to know about the Affordable Care Act or marketplace plans. They typically cover pediatric dental, um, and there are a few exceptions to this. Um, it is one of the essential health benefits, um, but some insurance plans don't provide it. And it's a little complicated how it works out that way. But basically, if you live in an area where your you know, benchmark silver plan doesn't cover pediatric dental, you get additional subsidy dollars um, with the understanding that you would need to purchase a separate um, dental plan to cover any dependents in the family if you have them. Um, so that's kind of why there are some ACA plans that don't cover pediatric dental, but on the whole, a lot of them do. And then there are, again, those separate Affordable Care Act dental plans. The caveat with those is that you can only enroll in them if you are also enrolled in a marketplace health plan. And if you cancel your marketplace health plan, your dental plan will cancel as well. So you can't have them just by itself, no health plan. Um, and so if you are looking to just get dental coverage, you can do that throughout the year by going directly to different insurance companies. Um, they will offer them throughout the year and they're generally priced by your location and age. And of course, the type of plan that you want. Something to know about um, dental plans, um, even the ones that you find on the marketplace, um, there are out of pocket maximums for pediatric dental um, but not for adults on most plans. For adults, there's usually, it's actually gonna be called an annual maximum, and that's a maximum amount that the plan will pay out. And then after that, you're responsible for everything else. And that's usually between about $1,000 to $2,000. There are some plans that are different. Um, there are some HMO dental plans, and they tend to be the best in terms of saving money. They're gonna have lower co-pays and a true out-of-pocket maximum. However, there are a limited number of dentists who take those plans and they're not available everywhere. Um, and so that you're gonna most of the time only have the option of getting a PPO plan and that's where you're usually gonna have that annual maximum. Um, and plans like that can work really well if you go to the pri primarily go to the dentist for regular cleanings, x-rays, checkups. Um, you know, you typically get your preventive care for free and are paying in most cases less than $20 a month. Um, but as we start getting into, you know, more specialized procedures like oral surgery, needing to get veneers, those plans are often not going to cover much of that, if anything at all. Um, so it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, if there's a dentist you really like, always recommend just asking them what plans they take and go from there. Um, a lot of dentists, though, will only take those PPO plans, so it might be a good idea to look and see if you have any of those HMO plans in your area and what those look like. Um, and then, like Rich was saying, also looking into um, community clinics and dental schools. Um, you know, unfortunately, because dental care and medical care are so separate in our country, it is very hard to include dental care health insurance reform as part of health insurance reform. It's not impossible, it can still happen, um, but that's one of the reasons why it's kind of lagging behind is just because 
it is very separate from how we deal with medical care. Absolutely. And I found uh, that when I was looking at dental insurance, the costs of it did not equal uh, the savings that I would get, that it was actually just better to pay out of pocket for my needs. So um, do your research on dental insurance. Uh, and major employers often provide plans that are uh, a really good deal if there's uh, no copay, no insurance costs. But as a small business owner, it may be tough to get a good deal on dental care. Our next question is from Joyce Roberts Madden. Uh, is there going to be a new cost of Medicare Part D in 2022? I keep seeing posts saying there will be a change. And when you click on it, it's trying to enroll you in a plan. I'm satisfied with my current provider. So Rich, tell us what's going on with the costs of Medicare for next year and why. Yeah, no, Joyce is right. There is going to be higher costs for Medicare Part D, the doctor's uh, services part of Medicare, that monthly premium you pay going up in 2022. Um, right now in 2021, the basic Part B premium is $148.50 a month. In 2022, that premium is going up to $170.10 a month for most beneficiaries. Uh, if you file singly and make $91,000 a year or jointly and make 182 on a joint return, then your premiums will go up higher than that 170 uh, 10 cent uh, plan as well. Uh, the deductible uh, overall for Medicare is also going up from $203 to $233. And this is a huge increase. And half of this increase of over $20 is due to one single expensive new Alzheimer's drug called Aduhelm. Uh, it was recently approved and the Medicare system uh, increased these premiums under the assumption the Medicare program would cover it. The yearly cost of this treatment using Aduhelm would be $56,000 per patient. That's right, $56,000. This is why we need to allow Medicare to negotiate lower prices, to take the power away from corporations that create them, the drug corporations, to set up prices at whatever they want to. And we've all been fighting this since the Part D program was enacted in 2003. And this is just exhibit A of why Medicare needs to negotiate for lower drug prices. Thanks. And, uh... Our next question is from Richard Ween. Uh, we moved overseas. Do we have to keep paying for Medicare? Rich, what happens when you move overseas and you're on Medicare? That's a good question. And uh, quite a number of Americans uh, retire overseas or live part of the year uh, overseas as well. Uh, and it depends on what your individual plans are, whether you're planning to come back to the United States for frequent visits or if you're going to come back permanently at some point. Uh, first is I think we all know Medicare does not cover you if you get care outside the United States. The Part A hospitalization part of Medicare, which is what took, came out of our paychecks while we worked, makes sense for you to keep it because it's free. Uh, part C or D, C is Medicare Advantage, D is the prescription drug plans. Uh, you can't receive these services uh, if you still pay for them if you're overseas. So it may not make sense to keep them while you live overseas. But for Part B, your doctor's visits, most experts say that if you don't ever plan to return, 
uh, or you're not going to make a lot of visits, you might want to consider disenrolling. That's for next year. That's that $170 a month premium I talked about and avoid paying uh, those premiums. But if you think you're going to come back and forth relatively frequently or move back, it would be advisable to keep Part B because if you let it go and then come back, you're going to have a much higher premium uh, to reinstate your coverage. And you could also go through a waiting period. So another good reason to call your state health insurance assistant program at shiphelp.org so you can understand pros and cons and what's available. Okay. So if you drop part C and part D, uh, part C Medicare Advantage and part D, the prescription piece, you can pick those back up without a cost, uh, without an additional cost later on? Uh, for the most part, uh, yes. Uh, but again, it could, might be plan specific and state specific uh, as well. But definitely on part B, if you drop and come back in traditional Medicare, you'll be paying a higher premium than if you kept the coverage throughout your time abroad. And Zoid, what would you say if somebody's moving abroad and they're on the Affordable Care Act? Yeah, so um, that's a really great question. Affordable Care Act plans don't work overseas, and that includes in the U.S. territories. Uh, your primary residence needs to be in one of the 50 U.S. states or Washington, D.C. in order to enroll in and use your coverage. Um, you also need to be filing taxes in the U.S. Um, the good news is that if you were to go abroad and then move back, that triggers a special enrollment period to enroll in coverage. And so some caveats to that, you must have actually moved overseas. It can't be like a vacation or you were um, moving to get medical care. Um, and then you must also actually be moving back to the U.S., not just visiting. So like changing your primary residence back to the U.S. Um, but good news is that you don't need to have any proof of prior coverage. Um, so typically, if you move within the U.S., say I moved from California um, up to Washington, I would need, in order to enroll in a plan, I would need to show that I had a plan when I lived in California. I can't just enroll um, just because I moved. There has to have been like a loss of coverage involved. Um, however, that's not the case if you're moving um, back to the U.S. from outside the U.S. or moving to the U.S. to begin with um, because you know, most other countries have some sort of socialized health care, um, so you don't need to provide proof of health insurance or anything like that. All you need is your I-94 arrival or departure record um, to prove that you moved back, and then you can use that to um, use your special enrollment period to enroll in new coverage. Um, so if you move out of the US and have an ACA plan, go ahead and cancel that plan um, and know that if you do move back, you can pick up a marketplace. Great. And so if you move during the year, let's say, you know, you move in March or something, then you would just call up at the point at which you move and cancel your old plan. Yes, that's right. Okay. And our next question is from Rachel Paz. Uh, when is the deadline for uh, registering for Medicare? Rich. Yeah, sort of an easy one. Uh, for most people, the initial enrollment period starts three months before your 65th birthday and continues for three months afterward. Uh, if you're younger and you're determined that you're disabled and below 65, there are other rules uh, for that. But normally three months before to three months after your 65th uh, birthday. And please do it because if you don't and you wait too long, your premiums can go up if you wait longer or unless you're in the, a workplace and you're still getting 
uh, worker provided or employer to worker provided insurance. So uh, if you don't sign up in that three before or after period of your age 65, you must wait for the general enrollment period, which runs from January 1 to March 31. And then your coverage won't begin until July. So that's a very important thing to know as you turn 65. There's also a special enrollment period, but only people who qualify for that have different circumstances like moving to a plan area, they're returning from abroad, or they're moving in and out of a skilled nursing or long-term care facility. So it's a very narrow people, uh, group of people under special enrollment. So normally three months before your 65th birthday to three months after your 65th birthday. Okay. And the, spe- the um, Medicare, uh, the opportunity for switching around plans just ended December 7th, right? Yes, that's right. In the um, That's correct on the Medicare Advantage plans. Okay. And Zoid, uh, can you go over once more what the deadlines are for the Affordable Care Act? Absolutely. Um, so I discussed this at the start. You have until December 15th, so that's just in two days, to enroll for January 1st start date. If you live in Idaho, they did extend their OEP a little bit to uh, December 22nd, again, for a January 1st start date. And then outside of Idaho, everywhere else, you have until January 15th to enroll for February 1st start date. Um, Like with Medicare, there are um, special enrollment periods throughout the year that you can qualify for. Um, It works a little bit differently on the marketplace. There are a number of different um, reasons that you may be able to qualify and enroll in a plan outside of an open enrollment. And it's usually triggered by some sort of loss of coverage. So if you are covered by your employer's plan and then you either you know, lose your job or maybe go down on hours and can no longer get that plan, um, that would be a qualifying life event. Um, so you could enroll in coverage then if you lose Medicaid um, or COBRA continued coverage. Um, there are some others like moving to a new plan area or a divorce, um, but those are only qualifying life events if you already had prior coverage. So if you had prior coverage and lost it because of the divorce, um, and then if you move and you had prior coverage and now you're moving to an area with different plans. Um, And similarly, marriage can also be a qualifying life event, but only if one of the spouses was covered by a plan in the 60 days prior. So it's important to know that while there are a number of different events that can trigger a special enrollment period for you, it's, it's mostly losing other coverage. And so if you're not currently covered at all, you should be looking into open enrollment rather than counting on having some sort of qualifying life event. Um, the only kind of exceptions to that are um, birth or adoption of a child. That's a qualifying life event for the entire family, even if no one had coverage before. Um, and then there are some special circumstances, like if you weren't eligible Um, for a a subsidy before and um, your income has gone up and now you are eligible for a subsidy and different things like that. But you typically need to call the marketplace and in some cases work with a CMS caseworker in order to take advantage of those um, special enrollment. Um, So if you don't have coverage right now, open enrollment is where you need to be. Um, If you do, if you are covered elsewhere right now, like through your employer, Um, you can be assured that if something changes, you will likely be able to enroll in Marketplace um, 
if and when anything changes throughout the year, even if we're outside of open enrollment. And it's just important to do that sooner rather than later, because um, you only have the 60 days um, before or after. And your coverage does not start until um, until the next, the first of the month after the event or after you enroll. So say you lose your job coverage at the end of February, but you wait until the middle of April to enroll in a marketplace plan, you won't have insurance until May 1st. And so you've now got already had a two month gap in insurance coverage and there's so much that can happen in that time. So um, open enrollment is where you need to be if you don't have coverage. If you do, you, will, you could have a special enrollment period throughout the year you need to act on that sooner rather. Absolutely. So get covered today because open enrollment is going on right now. So thank you for your questions. Feel free to call and text in more questions and we will answer them in the next episode. Uh, next week, we're also going to be focusing in on uh, COVID, on uh, the coronavirus and uh, family preparations and what you should consider uh, for the holidays to keep yourself and your family safe. And also keep paying attention to what's going on in Washington, D.C. As Rich mentioned, they are working on a bill right now, the Build Back Better bill, that would make health insurance more affordable and more available for many Americans, maybe including you. So keep contacting your senators. Tell them how you want them to vote on health care. And thank you for joining us on Care Talk. Thank you. Yeah.